May your word bless us today. May your word enrich our lives today. Make us doers of the word that we shall hear. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. City of David, praise the Lord. There is so much that is going on. So much, so much, so much, so much. But the thing is, even as God has ordained that um, this church will really be like no other church, we have a lot of responsibility. I have, um, I'll explain this a bit more on Sunday, but um, I have authorized that whatever it will cost before the first quarter of next year, there will be a fully functioning radio station operating from downstairs. <laughs> you know why I'm laughing at you people? <laughs> I will tell you the reason why later, what that radio station will be doing. The only is going to, this nation is going to change within the next 24 months. Um, but let us spend some time and do digging deep today. Now, on, on the Sunday that I spoke about the covenant that God has to prosper us, I titled that message, Walking in the Truth That You Know. Now, I want us to listen to whatever it is is being said in church. And let us put the things we hear in practice. You see, we are coming to a place where for those people who take the word of God seriously, you yourself will be like God walking the face of the earth. In other words, we are coming to a place you will speak and it will be done without you even knowing. <laughs> okay, let us go to Exodus chapter 15. Because some people are just wondering what I'm talking about. I'll talk a little bit more later. Exodus 15, we are continuing with the series, Sweetened Waters. And today we are going to be speaking about seeing the invisible. Seeing the invisible. I'll just read quickly our text, which is still the same. Exodus 15, 22 to 27. It says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them, and said, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, 
and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. And they came to Elim where there were twelve wells of water and three score and ten palm trees. And they encamped there by the waters. Before I continue, you know, we, we spoke about God's covenant on prosperity. And we said that everything God does with man, the building blocks, this, the foundation is based on the covenant. Exodus 15:26 that I've just read is God's covenant on health. God's covenant on health. We will get there as we continue the series, Walking in the Truth That You Know. We'll get there and we'll find out how it is possible to live life and never fall sick. We're not talking about being healed now. We're talking about never falling sick. Is it possible? Yes, it is. But as I said, we'll talk about that as we get to God's covenant on health. Now, let me just do a recap of what we have done thus far. The last time we looked at sweetened waters, we talked about the people murmured part two. Everybody say the people murmured. And we define murmuring as something said quietly or indistinctly. We said it is usually a complaint, especially one that is not made openly. And we said that to murmur is to grumble. And we explained that God hates murmuring. Primarily because of its indistinct nature. It is neither here nor there. God would prefer us to be either hot or cold. He cannot stand lukewarmness. Revelation chapter 3 verse 16. The Bible says, So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I would spew thee out of my mouth. And I explained that the relevance of all of that to each person in church, is that God does not want us as half-measure Christians. That we must not be half-measure Christians in our giving, in our praying, and in our praise. We then explained that the murmuring, even though the Bible said the people murmured against Moses, that they actually murmured against God. For Moses stood in the place of God as God's representative. Matthew chapter 10, verse 40. Jesus himself said to his disciples, He that receiveth you, receiveth me. And he that receiveth me, receiveth he that sent me. Shows you that there is something called a hierarchical order as far as God is concerned. Jesus said to his disciples, I'm sending you out. Anyone who receives you has received me, even though they won't have seen me. Anyone who receives me has received God. So when they murmured against Moses, they were murmuring against who? The one who sent Moses. And finally we explained that the reason why murmuring is so bad is that it ignores, 
it denies certain characteristics of God. And those characteristics are one, the very existence of God. When you murmur, you deny and you query the very existence of God. When you murmur, you deny, you query the very power of God. When you murmur, you deny, you query the faithfulness of God. When you murmur, you deny, you query the very constancy of God. The same God who says in Malachi 3.6, I am the Lord, I change not. When we murmur, we deny and put to query the sufficiency of God. And his name is El Shaddai. So God doesn't like murmuring. And I'd like to encourage us all who are in this church today. When you come across people who are murmuring, leave them alone. Leave them alone. God does not like murmuring. God would rather that you are hot or cold. He would want you to either speak out or keep quiet. But he doesn't like people who murmur. Now, we want to spend today and look at the other side of the coin. The people murmured at Moses. One would have said, okay, Moses murmured at God. But Moses didn't do that. The Bible tells us that Moses did something different. Verse 24, it says, And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Verse 25, And he, Moses, cried unto the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. Psalm 103, verse 7, the Bible says, God made known his ways unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. There are two groups of people on the face of the earth. Those who know the ways of God, and those who know his acts. The children of Israel, in the wilderness, they saw the acts of God regularly. Every day, they saw manna. They ate. From time to time, God would bring water out from the rock. God did so many things that they saw. So many, many, many things. But you see, they didn't go to heaven. And many Christians in the world today are so consumed, so, so consumed with the acts of God. They just want to see miracles. I'm not surprised because even in the days that Jesus walked the face of the earth, the one question that the Pharisees always put to him, okay, show us a sign. Show us a sign. Perform a miracle. Let us really know that you are from God. And Jesus kept on telling them. He says an evil, an adulterous generation always seeks after a sign. Because if you seek after signs, you will not find God. Our responsibility in church is to know his ways. So you can bring about his acts. We will not be People who just know the acts of God. You see this thing they call miracle. 
you will be living miracles. <laughs> so, we want to see the other side. The people murmured. Moses cried unto God. We must be people who know how to cry unto God. We will not be people who just complain and murmur and complain and murmur. What is it to cry unto God? It's simply to pray. It's very important to pray. So rather than complain, Moses prayed. And the Bible tells us that the result was that God showed him a tree. In other words, God opened the eyes of Moses, the eyes of his understanding. In other words, God opened the eye gates of Moses. Because, mind you, they were where? By the bitter waters of Mara. That tree had always been there. It was the solution to the problem. There was not just one tree there. There were many trees there. Why do I say there were many trees? Because a pool of water. So trees can survive there. And yet everybody was complaining. Even Moses at that point in time did not know the solution to the problem was there. But as he cried unto God, the Bible says God showed him, which meant suddenly the same sin that Moses was used to and was looking at, he suddenly saw that there was something a bit different. And then he heard what to do. That tells you and I that it is a terrible thing to be blind. Nobody here would want to be blind physically. The physically blind, those who, who cannot see, they all are beggars. They depend on people for everything. For everything. The late um, Ray Charles had quite a number of children. But you know, he never, he never saw them. His aides found women for him. Terrible thing to be blind. Now, it's even more terrible to be spiritually blind. And a lot of Christendom, unfortunately, packed with people who are spiritually blind. Their eye gates are shut. So they don't understand what's going on. They can't see. So if I come here and I say, we are going somewhere, they just hear. Because where we are going, they can't see. That's a terrible place to be at. Because we are more spiritual beings than we are physical So if we have no idea at all of what's happening in the spiritual realm, something is gravely, sincerely speaking, very seriously 
wrong. I mean, like we're all here now, many of us, if not all of us, believe we're going. I doubt there's anybody here who believes he or she's going to hell. Nobody here believes they're all going to heaven. But the truth of the matter is that it's not possible that everybody here is going to heaven. But we believe we are going to heaven. That you believe, will that take you there? Certainly not. Can't believe. Because you see, the thing is, God has put down His own instructions, His own rules. And unless you and I keep what He says, we won't arrive in heaven. He has the roadmap. If you don't use this roadmap, you won't get there. And people won't get there for very simple things. See, we are so concerned with the big things. Very small little things. Why? Because he is God. He's not a man. So he doesn't do 80%. You don't score 100%, you don't arrive. 99, you won't arrive. Why? That's not fair. Fine. When you see God, tell him. Romans 8.14, the Bible says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. One of the key indicators for those who are Traveling the pathway to heaven is that they must be led by the Spirit of God. Nothing else. But too many Christians are led by the human intellect. Too many Christians are led by their emotions. Too many Christians are led by their feelings. You've got to be led by the Spirit of God. It's not enough to just be in church. Many there are who believe that because they are good people, they will arrive in heaven. That's not what the Bible says. Somebody said to Jesus, good master, what must I do to gain eternal life? What did Jesus say? Why callest thou me good? None is good save God. So a fool will believe that because I'm good, when even Jesus says, ah, don't call me good. He that is good is, is God. Moses cried unto the Lord, and his eye gates opened, he saw. He saw, as it were, the invisible so, of course, the natural thing to say today is that we are all going to cry unto the Lord. But we've been crying and crying and crying and we can't see. The best most people give is, I prayed, Pastor, and I had peace. <laughs> is that in the Bible? <laughs> the Bible doesn't say when you pray and you have peace that God has spoken to you. The truth is, this is just what is so interesting about God. 
He has his ways. And you and I have this responsibility to find out what exactly are his ways. Because the Bible says, he made his ways known unto who? Unto Moses. And he left the whole nation of Israel at the place of just seeing signs and wonders that took them nowhere. For us to come to the place where we can begin to see the invisible, there are a number of things that we must know. So I'm going to give you a list of those things. And I'm saying that we've all got to every single person. See, there are many things that the pastor cannot do for you. Which you must do for yourself. Particularly things of eternal values. Too many of us want the pastor to pray for us, to pray for us. There are some pastors that are not praying for themselves. How can they pray for you? Now, let's take a few of these things that we all must know and put in place. If we must see the invisible, and see the invisible, we will. The first thing is you've got to be desperate. Everybody say desperate. If you look at Daniel chapter 2, from verse 1 through to 23, there's a whole story there about Nebuchadnezzar. He had a dream, and because God is God, he forgot the dream. But God allowed the dream to worry him so much that he called all his magicians together. He said, I had a dream. I've forgotten the dream. Now you guys, you are supposed to see the invisible. Tell me the dream I had. Ah, The guy said to him, this cannot be. It's never been done before. You dreamt. Then we tell you the dream. And then the king said, I'm king. You don't tell me the dream. You're all dead. At which point, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, let us go and beg God. They became seriously desperate. And God opened their eyes and told them precisely, what the dream was. You see, to, to, to see the invisible, you've got to come to the place where you can spend forever with God. And the irony of life is that when we get to that place, when God finally comes in, the solution he gives to you can last for a lifetime. That tells you something. What does it tell you? It tells you that the idea that I can come into church and worship God for one hour, flat out and go and do other things, it cannot be from God. Besides, anyway, we are coming to a place very shortly, we'll all see it. We'll gather together like this. And as we are worshipping God, God will come. When he comes, nobody can leave. And God will not release anybody till tomorrow morning. In other words, you are free to go, but you won't be able to go. Nobody will hold you. You yourself won't be able to go. People don't know these things can, they do happen. 
Have you, have you ever been in a place where you are very happy? You know you are very happy. But you are crying like you are sad. That's God. Just wants to show you that you are a human being. So you are wondering in your brain, why on earth am I crying when I'm so full of joy? And everybody's looking at you and say, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, oh. maybe he's thinking of something really, something happened. Meanwhile, you are getting angry and saying, stop telling me sorry, I'm not sad. They say, why are you crying? Have you gone mad? But that's God. To be desperate is to come to the place where you will say to God, if you don't come through, I can't leave. And I like to advise us. Everybody has got to find that place. Because there are too many people wandering and struggling, trying to sort things out. And the solution to every situation is there by your side. It's there by your side. Mark 10, 46-52 tells us the story of a man called Blind Bartimaeus who because he couldn't see, but could hear very well, heard. They said, Jesus is passing by. He said, he will not pass by me today. He cried and cried. He was such a nuisance that the people said to him, shut up! Ah, the more they said shut up, the more he cried until Jesus stopped and said, okay, let's solve this problem. And he got his sight that day. <laughs> that even reminds me of something that happened to me in London. I was going to preach somewhere on Sunday morning. So Saturday, I decided to pray all night. I was in my hotel room praying. There was a poor woman in the room next door. Also, Time to sleep. So she heard somebody going on Russia, Daba, Santa, Yaza, Santa, from 12. By 3 o'clock in the morning, I started walking off. Lord, prepare me. A song. Then I had, shut up! It's 3 o'clock in the morning and I can't sleep. Shut up! I just kept quiet. Then I said, I said tiptoeing in my own room. I said tiptoeing. The woman couldn't see me, and yet I put up the lights. Yeah. I woke up in the morning. I wrote a letter to the woman. I said, I'm very sorry that um, I disturbed your sleep. I said, but you see, I'm a pastor, and I don't sleep on Saturdays. I said, that's no excuse. But then he said, I still don't sleep on Saturdays. I said, I'm going to preach in church today. I shall pray for you. <laughs> Please find it in your heart to forgive me for that problem. They told blind Bartimaeus, shut up. He prayed more. That man told me, shut up. I kept quiet. <laughs> But after some time, I kept on praying. But I had to pray very quietly, which is very unusual. It's a bit difficult to pray quietly. All of you pray quietly. It's not, that's not prayer. 
hard. Prayer is part of your vocal system. You must hear your sound of your voice. Prayer. That's not prayer. Not prayer. God didn't make us to pray like that. If you must see the invisible, you must be somebody who will be persistent in prayer. Blind Bartimaeus was. Mark 10, 48, it says, And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more, a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy upon me. He was very, very persistent in prayer. If you really want God to move on your behalf, you have to come to the place where you are really, really, really persistent in prayer. And I'd like to encourage us, you see, to, to put some of these things in practice, you see, because the worst place to get to is the place where you really need to pray to solve a problem. But the problem itself has come. Never come to that place. It's not a good place to be. Thirdly, if you must see the invisible, you must be intimate with the word of God. I said you must be intimate with the word of God. You must be so familiar. Because that's the only way God is going to speak to you anyway. That's the only way. There's no other way he's going to speak to you. No other way. He must speak. When you hear a word from God that is not aligning with the word, the Bible, it's not from God. Psalm 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119, verse 130. The entrance of thy word giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. It is time for you and I to read the Bible as if our very lives depend on it. Because our very lives will depend on the Bible. One of the reasons why we are going to have a radio station is um, whilst I was in Maryland, I generally didn't sleep at night because there's this Christian radio station that was on throughout the night. So I, I, I stayed awake, listened and recorded all the time. And then it then just suddenly dawned on me that this is something, a tool of warfare. Our radio station is going to cleanse the atmosphere whilst everybody is asleep. which will make this place very dangerous. Very dangerous. Because if you, if you make it impossible for darkness, in other words, what we are going to do is during the night, we'll switch on the lights. Once you switch on the lights, you better be ready for some inconsequential but serious battles. So it's time for us now to begin to read the Bible as if our lives depend. I mean, 
I'm flying. I just, it's so good. Everybody loves my Bible case. Anywhere I go to, people say, what's that? I say, oh, it's my Bible. You know? And you know, even the children of darkness, they know that this book is the book. People feel a lot safer in the plane when they see somebody who's reading the Bible. Seriously. I want to encourage us all. We must, we must, we must spend time with the Word of God. Fourthly, to see the invisible, you must be loyal. Loyalty must be your middle name. Loyal to God. Loyal to authority. Very important with God. Just like Elisha was loyal to Elijah. The Lord doesn't like people. That's why it says, Satan thought in his heart. God didn't wait for him to put his plans into action. He just thought, I will be like the Mosai. They threw him out. So I'd like to encourage us. We are coming to a place. I mean, you are going to see things and you are going to know that, yes, God is alive and well. But then we can't afford to be people who mama. We can't afford to be people who just... I remember one day I said to somebody, that um, there's going to be a meeting in camp and that Jew wants all workers to be there. And this person just treated it with levity. He said, Joe, I'm, 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 I'm busy, Joe. Ah, meeting, 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 meeting. Ah, when you hear people talk like that, you know what you do? Put on your spike shoes and run for your life. I'm serious. You see, the things that happened in the Bible, they are going to begin to happen again. You want to see the invisible. You see, the invisible is the place where God himself is at. So you can't want to see where God is. And you want to live your life anyhow. It's not possible. You must be a committed Christian. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, Paul says, For me, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. Each person that is here must come to the place where the only thing that counts is God. Does God want it done? Just go ahead and do it. A lot of people come to talk to me these days. And they want to find out. They said, how, how do you, how are you people doing this or that? Or and I keep telling them, I said, the recipe is simple. I said, the way I live my life now is that all I need to do is find out what God wants. Does God want this done? Then I do it. That's all that counts. And that should be all that should count for each one of us that's here. Nothing should ever be placed before God. 
Nothing. Not your meetings. Not your businesses. Nothing. It's a terrible thing to place a thing before God. Ah! All that should matter is I'm a Christian. That's all that should matter. Nothing else counts, really. And you know the irony of it all? is when you get to that place, everything else is added unto you. We've got to be more committed as Christians. Too many people run their Christian life on their own convenience. If it's not convenient, then I won't do it. You can't do that. Because it will be sad when God starts moving and he leaves you out of it. It will be a terrible thing. Move he will. But we all can be part of that move. But God will help us. You see, because what's so interesting about God is this. When you see the invisible, ah, you will hear the voice of God. When you see the invisible, you will hear the voice of God. Because Moses didn't just see. God showed him a tree. But the Bible says, which when he had cast into the waters, which meant somebody told him again, see, then go, take, do. He got instructions. So Moses just didn't see. He also heard because God gave him instructions. Once our spiritual eyes open to seeing the invisible, we will also be able to hear the voice of God. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 12, the Bible says, The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord had made even both of them. The hearing ear and the seeing eye. Isaiah 30, 21, the Bible says, And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it. When ye turn to the left, to the right hand, and when ye turn to the left. God wants to guide us more than we can ever imagine. Much, 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 much more than we can imagine. It's just that we've got to come to the place where we take God so seriously that we can see. Once you begin to see, you begin to hear. Then that way you don't need anybody else but just God. Why is it so critical for you and I to see the invisible? It's so critical because anything less than that is to live the Christian life at a very low level. And you know, the, the, the thought that just occurred to me now is that in the kingdom of darkness, 
strangely enough. Nobody operates without seeing their own invisible kingdom. Nobody does. People are all forever consulting the Babalao. And it's forever giving instructions which are being obeyed, being carried out. Even though they will lead to death. But why then is it that you and I don't bother to find out what exactly it is that God has in store for us? I listened to a tape of a man who's 72 years old today. I mean, now he lives in this world. He entered into a covenant with God that by the time he dies, he wants to be the person that has given the most money to God. Generally in Europe and America, he's an Australian. He is referred to as the richest Christian alive on the face of the earth. <laughs> and yet, his primary business is giving money to God. On that tape, he said one day, that he had his first major breakthrough and he thought the breakthrough was just too small. So he went and sat before God and complained and said, this is not the plan. And he said, just above him where he was sitting was a huge, huge ball of steel. So he said, he told God, if this is the way things are going to be, let this ball just come down now and kill me so that I can come to heaven. He said he sat down there for a few hours and the thing didn't fall. So he said, okay, God wants me to still live. Maybe there's a bigger plan. He got up. As soon as he stepped out of the place, the ball came down. So he looked at it and said, okay, Lord, I hear you. God can speak to us if we are willing to pay the price. But there's something that prevents God from speaking to most people. John chapter 9. I want us to read it together. John chapter 9, verses 40 and 41. John chapter 9. Are we all there? Let's read together. 42 to 41. 1, 2, go. And some of the Pharisees, which were with him, heard these words, and said unto him, Are we blind also? And Jesus said unto them, If ye were blind, you should have no sin. But now ye say, We see. Therefore, your sin remaineth. It's a simple thing called pride. And the irony of life is that pride 
is so subtle that if I will ask here, is there anybody here who believes he or she is proud? We all think it's such a bad thing to be proud anyway. And we all actually believe that we are really humble people. Everybody here believes they are humble. But it doesn't matter what you believe. What counts is what God thinks. Unless you come to the place of humility, you will never see the invisible. The place of humility is the place where you and I come to terms with the fact that we need this God. And we can humble ourselves before Him. You know, even in our, the privacy of our homes, some people still cannot humble themselves before God. They can't. Have much more outside. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Let's read together. This is Jesus Christ speaking. Revelation 3, 14 through to 19. Let's read together. This letter to the church in Laodicea. Let's read 14 through to 19 together. One, two, go. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou seest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyes salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. Be zealous therefore, and repent." The people of Laodicea, we know we've done this under the letters of Christ a few years back. We are wealthy people. They knew how to make money. You know, two Sundays ago I said, it is God who gives us what? The power to get wealth. But they didn't take that into consideration. And here Jesus is saying to them, ha, you have a problem. You say you are rich. You do not need anything. He says, from our perspective in heaven, you are poor, you are naked, and you are blind. Pride. It's a terrible thing. Most people who are proud don't even know they are proud. Humility is what God wants. Serious humility. So we need to check, check ourselves, check our hearts. Are we really humble? And one of the ways that you know to know whether you are proud or, or not is simply to go somewhere where nobody knows you. And they just talk to you anyhow. 
How do you feel inside? How do you feel inside? Do you feel pained? If you do, your pride level is more than what God wants. You see, when Pastor Patakem was praying, the truth of the matter is, not everybody that said, thank you Lord for bringing us into the first day of the month of October is alive today. That's the truth. The truth of the matter is, some people went to bed last night sane and woke up in the morning insane. And the family, they're running helter-skelter right now. They can't understand what went wrong. And you are cool as a cucumber. Sane and church. And you know, it's easy to begin to believe that there's something really special about you. There's nothing special about you. There's nothing special about me. The only thing that makes us special is that just God, God, God makes all the difference. And he wants us to know that. He really does. And he wants us to acknowledge that. Particularly in this church. Because... Okay, I can't tell you that. Because of what God... God is about to visit the face of the earth all over again. But in a way that nobody can comprehend. So much is going to happen. And you must be part of everything that will happen. You must. And God will help us. We will be. You see, but it's not... (laughs) Demigo said I'm abusing the man. I'm not abusing the man. I had a preacher preach. And this place was filled with Christians. At one point, took his Bible. He told everybody to slap the devil. Ah, come and see people slapping devil in this meeting. Bah, bah. What was happening? You were exercising your hands. It's not in the Bible. You can't slap the devil. How can devil is a spirit being? You take Bible, physical Bible, and you're slapping the devil. And the place, you know, I saw one woman, the wife of a pastor. After the whole exercise, she, she stood. I hate Nigerians when Nigerians do that thing that Americans do. She stood, she dodged like that to the man. Ignorance. With exercise yourself, you go home with your problem. Read your Bible well. Read your Bible well. How dramatic was Jesus? A sower went to sow. Did he say, A sower went to sow? That's what they have done Christianity to. And then vagabond people will get up. We will not be like that here. 
what we are going to be like. You know, <laughs> if I take all the preaching engagements that come, I won't even be here for one day. That's how we are going to be. Because people are now coming and say, hmm, people will know something that we don't know. I said, we don't know anything. Oh. In fact, somebody invited me to come and preach somewhere. I said, ah! That's what I said. So the person said, ah, what? I said, me, that I can't preach. Hey! I said, please, oh, I respect myself. I don't want to disgrace myself. Oh, I beg you, please. Because you can't, you know, if, people, if you go to a congregation that like to slap devil, <laughs> and you are just going there to talk, <laughs> hey, it's good to respect yourself. What is important is that we know how to bring about the acts of God. What is important is that you see as God sees. In the U.S., in the two of the churches I preached at, I gave more money than everybody else. Only Nigerians know how to give money. Only Nigerians. Those who they are suffering cannot give the remaining poverty forever. One of the things that God is calling us in this church to, because that's the place that I've come to recently, is God wants everybody to clean up their act. He wants us to become holy, if you want to put it that way. So that what I want us to do today is this. Turn with me to Psalm 19. Don't worry, I'm looking at the time. We will soon be out of here. Take Psalm 19 seriously. I'd like to encourage us as we read Psalm 19, and we do one or two things with Psalm 19, if you feel that you need Psalm 19 that we're going to read, then don't leave it alone. Just keep using it. I do now, every day. Let us read together verses 12, 13, and 14. And uh, wait a second. As we read, in fact, to make it really good, let's rise to our feet. Read it with understanding. So, we'll read some verse 12 and we'll stop. Then we'll read verse 13 and we'll stop. Then we'll read verse 14 and we will stop. I want you to make some impact today. Are we all there? Okay, verse 12 first. One, two, go. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Stop. It says, cleanse thou me from what? Secret faults. That means you and I have faults that we don't even know about. Verse 13. One, two, go. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. What is a presumptuous sin? A good example is in Matthew chapter 4. Satan said to Jesus, Aren't you the Son of God? 
command these stones to become bread. Did Jesus have the power to make stones bread? Oh yes. If he could bring water out of stone, he can make stone can turn stones into bread. If he can make stones replace human beings, he can turn stones into bread. <laughs> Why didn't he do it? Because that would have been very presumptuous. When could he have done it? Only when God says it's okay to do it. It is presumptuous, for example, to open your mouth and speak about things that you know nothing about. And God says presumption is sin. Because you are jumping ahead of God. Finally, verse 14. One, two, go. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. The words of my mouth. The meditations of my heart. They must be acceptable unto who? Many times we care about what we say. We don't. We don't at all. I saw in the UK a lady, she's come to Sister David. She had a baby in the US. And the baby had every problem. So she managed to call me from the United States as soon as the baby was born. So he can't see, he can't hear, he can't do this. Every problem. I said, relax, calm down, calm down, calm down. We prayed. I saw the baby in London. He said, this is that baby, oh. He said that the baby can see, the baby can talk, the baby can... I said, I said praise the Lord. Ah, uh, Lord. People, you see, a human being is just a human being. Where we are coming to? Okay, let me not go there. Let's spend some time and tell God today, one, secret faults. Please help me. There are faults I have that I don't know anything about. Presumptuousness. Let it be far away from me. And from today, every word I speak, every thought I think, Lord, let them be. Remember, it means that everything, when we are talking, somebody is standing by God, is wondering, doesn't this person know that I'm listening? Or when you are thinking thoughts in your heart, God is reading the thoughts. So, God says, I'd rather those things were acceptable to me. Let's spend some time and just ask God today. Father, we come before your throne of grace, your throne of mercy. We come by the precious, the eternal blood of Jesus. Lord, we say, cleanse each one of us, Lord, from secret faults. Help us, Lord, today. For we want to be vessels unto honor, Lord. Fit for your use, fit for your use, fit for your use. We know, Lord, that something is about to happen. We want to be part of that which is about to happen. We want to be part of that which will happen. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, have mercy upon each and every one of us. Lord, hold us back from presumptuous sins. They must not have dominion over us, Lord. Because your word says sin shall not have dominion over us. Hold us back from presumptuous sins, Lord. From today, Almighty God, the words of our mouth, the meditations of our hearts, ah, let them be acceptable, 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 acceptable unto thee, Lord. Let them be acceptable unto thee. 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 Let them be acceptable unto thee, Lord. Sakizama soso kasa hitala zantayade. Manduso kutekeze mahataya. Maduso hila hatama santa kayade. Glory and honor and dominion we give unto you, Lord. Glory and honor we give unto you, Lord. Glory and honor we give unto you, Lord. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want us to sing this song softly, softly, softly. Okay? Softly. and tell the Lord, Lord, prepare me. Prepare me a sanctuary. Make me a vessel unto honor, fit for your use. Cleanse me even now. Oh, let the blood of Jesus wash me inside out, Almighty God. Oh, cleanse me, cleanse me, cleanse me, Lord, today. From secret faults, cleanse me, Almighty God. 
Lord, make me a sanctuary. Oh, because I'm meant to be the temple of the living God. Everything that is not of you, Lord, take away from me today. Help me, Almighty God, that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, will always be acceptable unto thee, Lord. Oh, mighty God in heaven, look down upon us today. Oh, look down upon us today. Wash us clean, 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 clean. According to your loving kindness, according unto the multitude of your tender mercies, and blot out our transgressions before you. Blot out our transgressions before you. Lord, 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 each one of us that's here today, oh, cleanse us, cleanse us, cleanse us, cleanse us, cleanse us, as only you can, Lord. Masokuta mayakita na mayadi matozo kila bakata mando zokuta la mayadi lakata Oh, you, my 
choose to be. God in heaven, look at each one of us here today. Spirit of the living God, breathe upon each one of us. Oh, cleanse each and every one of us. Make us vessels fit for the, his master's use. We say, look no further. According to your loving kindness, according unto the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out our transgressions before you today. Cleanse us from secret faults, Lord. Lord, hold us back from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over us. For your word says that sin shall not have dominion over us. We ask in the name of Jesus that from this day, that the words of our mouth, the very meditations of our hearts will be acceptable unto thee. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let us prepare our offering. Now when you prepare your offering, okay, prepare your offering quickly. We'll use the offering and pray two prayers. Oh 
Father, we exalt you and bless you. We declare that only you are God. We thank you for that which you have done in our lives today. Lord, help us to be vessels unto honor, fit for your use, Lord. Honor and glory and dominion we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Stretch forth your hands towards this box and let us ask for the heathen for our inheritance. Father, we bring these names before you. We ask in the name of Jesus. That every single one, Lord, will be saved. None shall be lost. None shall be lost. None shall be lost. None shall be lost, Lord. Almighty God, we say that there will be light in the lives of these people, Lord. Ah, that you will save them and save them to the utmost, Lord. Basako Soton de Zekika, Basato Sokon de Zekika, Makazekete Linarakata. And so shall it be. And so shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name. Please sit down for a few minutes. Now, next Sunday, or this Sunday, we are going to give out the cards for Lazarus Comfort. I want us to please invite people. Lazarus Comfort will be the third Sunday of November. Bring as many people as you know who cannot walk. Bring as many people as you know who cannot see. The lame will walk. The blind will see. So that's a very special Sunday. Lazarus Comfort. We'll have the cards. Um, the cards have been printed, so we'll give the cards out um, on Sunday. Um, His Lord Praise R will hold this Friday at 12 noon. There will be a congressional night vigil on Friday because as you know Sunday is Nicodemus Sunday um, Saturday morning prayer meeting okay we'll not hold because we're going to have a vigil on Friday so we'll have a vigil on Friday we're going to gather together and um, just pray as many souls as possible um, 
into the kingdom. The only, um, I'll be briefing you about that for Lazarus come forth. We are going to have to have about seven days of night vigils. Ah, I thought you were going to clap excitedly. <laughs> Don't worry, you won't die. Ah. Don't you want to see blind eyes open? Huh? Or you think it's for free? If nothing is free, oh. <laughs> they say salvation is free, but Jesus paid the price. Um, okay, I wanted to have a meeting, but some of the people are not here. So, um, I think that's about it for now. Shall we rise to our feet? Let us um, hold our hands. Father, we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your goodness, thank you for your mercy, thank you for your grace. It is unto you we have gathered. Lord, as we return to our homes, we say go before each one of us. Every crooked path in our way make straight. Every gate of brass set up against us break in pieces. Every bar of iron cut in sunder. Mighty God in heaven, we ask that your angels, ministering spirits, will line up the routes we shall travel through. Every single person will arrive safely at home. We shall not meet with accidents. We shall not come across armed robbers. Mighty God, all who will constitute themselves into our enemies, smite them with blindness as we travel. They will not see us. They will not find us. Father, we say you be a wall of fire round about our homes. Be the glory in the midst of our homes. Concerning every single one that is here, Lord, we say prostrate in the name of Jesus. Disappoint the devices of the enemy. Disappoint the devices of the elders of hell. Disappoint the devices of the crafty. Their hands will not perform their enterprise. Their hands will not perform their enterprise. We say their hands will not perform their enterprise. So it is and so it shall be. In Jesus' mighty name. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Those of us who have invited people for Nicodemus Sunday, this is the time to begin to call them, to remind them that they should please make sure they come, and God, as you know, will do something for them.